it's a luxury it's a privilege to have parents who support you through a divorce yeah. and it is incredibly sad it is incredibly sad to see the number of people who come to the support group in tears because they don't know how to convince their parents yeah. and um you know i used to think that this wouldn't happen in like an urban setting it wouldn't happen in uh, families like uh, you know i would think it wouldn't happen in my family you know before i'm saying before i actually came to the reality of it i would think that no it's really not a big deal but then i realized that, that that's so not the case i've had uh, some of these instances from my from friends i've had people who i've known for a long time come there and i'm like wow i never even realized that you know uh people who you think are probably even progressive are actually not when it comes down to their own kids when it come when it when something comes to your own family how you respond to it is so different and um i think that is the biggest challenge that so many people face where it's just like either the parents are emotionally manipulating being like i'll not talk to you if you do this um you know we won't uh, support you if you if this is the kind of decision that you are taking and in a lot of places lot of people come and say that my parents especially women would say that my parents would rather support my husband than support me um you run a support group for divorced women yeah so is it only for women who've gone through a divorce or also sorry i have to people? correct you i run a divorce group for humans uh any oh, okay welcome. yeah oh. any gender anything you can you can be anybody um the only thing is that you you just need to have uh, been married or going through a divorce or going through a divorce yeah. okay so then i didn't know that it was for any gender i thought it was only for women so then um yeah. there is a lot of focus on women because yeah. i think that tends to happen uh, also even if you see the support group uh, see the kind of people engaging interacting coming for it it, it is predominantly women it it i would still say it's like 90% women and a few men who have come forward hmm. but i think um, men also find it a little more difficult to talk about it also they feel like sometimes what happens is when there are a lot of women they are literally like a little scared to share their story um and a lot of women are very um, very of the fact that there are men coming to the support group so it is a mixed bag of um, emotions that way but i feel like Uh, i mean a divorce is hard on you regardless of uh, you know of your gender of course it's much more difficult on women and i will never take that away from uh, us but i do feel like um, i wouldn't want to keep it exclusive at any point of time i feel like you can uh, come no matter what yeah yeah but you do see more women coming through definitely 90% yeah. is women sometimes uh, so many times the groups have run with only women hmm. uh, you know if, if there are like say 13 or 14 women there will be about one or two men hmm. at the max hmm. so that's how it is hmm. that's interesting so what motivated you to start this group um i think the motivation came from my own divorce uh, i got divorced in jan 2019 was when it was final so i spent the most part of 2018 in court um uh, i did not have a very easy a uh, divorce it was difficult it was messy and um i was under a lot of stress mm. but um 
I think, uh, you know, just the long waiting hours in court just made me, it just gave me so much time to think about a lot of things. And when I just looked around and I would see so many people, you see um, families of different kinds in court, you see, uh, you see children, you see um, elderly people coming, uh, you, you, you just see all kinds of stories around you. Even if you don't know the story, you still kind of get a sense of uh, what people are going through. And I realized that I was there, I was with my parents who have been a great support system for me. But I still felt alone, uh, you know, on some level. I still felt like the process was very alienating and I wasn't sure that anybody around me was actually getting it. And there are just so many things that are bogging me down emotionally. I'm overthinking stuff, etc. So I felt like, um, you know, if I could just get a community of people together, of people who've had the same kind of lived experiences and people who immediately can relate to the other person's um, journey. I think that makes a big difference. Uh, also, because coming back to my own uh, this thing, uh, story of like what happened is when I was separated and I knew that I had an, a divorce uh, that is just coming up, I was very scared. I was petrified. I was like, uh, oh my God, I don't know what it's going to be like and I don't know what life is going to be like after this. But I think I randomly connected with a few people on social media via Twitter and um, Instagram and stuff. And I realized that um, I could believe them so much more. And I don't mean uh, that the people around me uh, didn't try to reassure me. Everybody told me that oh, it's going to be, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. It's not a big deal. And these are people who've known me for years and, but have not been through a divorce. But the second I heard it from someone who has been through one and is living a, kick-ass life at this point of time I realized that that relatability was a lot for me and that was honestly a little mind-blowing for me because I'm like these are people I've known for 20 years and I was struggling to actually be like okay but how do you know kind of thing but when someone who's actually been through it they're like hey look at my life now I'm actually living it then you then your chances of believing that person was like a lot more so then um I was like, okay, then, you know, if someone, if, if I'm able to do that for somebody else tomorrow to say that, okay, you know what, life after a divorce is actually not so bad. And I hope you believe that because, you know, look at me or look at somebody else and this is this. So I just th thought that, that, that familiarity is very powerful. Uh, it's just so important. So I think that's what led me to wanting to set up a support group. So it was an idea in my head when I was in court, I really wanted to get people together. So when I would have a lot of time in between, I would just find, you know, friendly faces in court and I'd just go up to them. I'd start talking uh, to just be like, you know, hey, what brings you here? And this is what brings me here kind of thing. Very sweet conversations. And people just tend to open up a little bit over there saying, I'm here for this. This is my fourth time. This is my fifth time, or this is my first time kind of thing. And um, towards the end of my divorce, I actually started floating the idea around in the courtroom to be like, what would you think? Like, would you join something like this? What do you think about it? Hmm. And they were like, we need it. Like, let's do it. Like, you know, I would support you if you do this. Let's, let's form the group and stuff like that. So I felt, okay, there are a lot of people it's not like there is any uh, dearth of the number of people who actually want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And I think then when I started trying to look for groups, I never found anything in India. And uh, I just found there is nothing in India. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a little shocked, but also, also I know that support groups aren't big in this country. I, I know we like to alienate people. We like to make people feel like shit about things. We never like to feel, we never want anybody to feel comforted, honestly, in this society. 
Um, so support groups itself are so rare and that too for something that is so heavily stigmatized in our country, it's almost impossible to find one. So I knew that there is a big gap that needs to be filled. And I think that's what drove me towards it. I took a long time. Even after I got divorced, I took months because I felt like I needed to kind of heal a little bit before I can actually, you know, try and help out somebody else. So I I would never say that the healing is over. I think healing is always happening. But just to feel a little more ready to be like, okay, I think I can hear you out. Or I think, you know, I can just be there for you when you want to talk kind of thing. So that's how it started. And yeah, coming back to what you said about the dearth of support groups in our country, this is exactly why I so desperately wanted to connect with you and talk to you because I have, and you know, in the West, especially in the US, it's so common. There's a support group for everything, right? But in India, you're absolutely right. There really isn't. And I feel like, you know, whatever little that I can do to create awareness about your work. I just want to jump on the wagon. You know, I think you're doing an incredible, incredible job by bringing this group together and it just needs to be amplified and people need to know about it, that there is this safe space. So that's very, very sweet of you to say. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm also so happy to be here and be talking to you and for you to give me this space. I'm I'm really honored. Thank you so much. It's just, I think it's incredible. Absolutely. So Tell me, what, what happens in the groups? How often do you meet? Do you meet in person? Do you connect offline? What is the structure? Yeah, so um, it started in, I think, uh, September 2019. Hmm. Um, when it started, it was a physical meetup. So it was only Bombay. Um, so when um, I announced it, we met at like, uh, like small cafes in Bandra before, on Sundays before they would open. So people did open up their businesses also to us for free because, um, you know, where else do you go where it's a safe place and it's public and you're isolated. So it was really sweet that people gave us uh, spaces to do this. But again, we were very, very, uh, it was very narrowed down to Bombay. And I was just starting off. So I just wanted to also test it out. So I think uh, I will talk about the first ever meet that happened because I think it it is unforgettable for me um, one of the best days I have seen uh, in my life so far um, we were 15 of us 15 16 of us and we walked into the place we were complete strangers nobody even knew who the other people coming were I just knew their names because I had organized it I didn't know anything uh, other than the basic uh, research that okay they are actually divorced or getting a divorce and that's why they're coming here just to check the genuinity and um, we went inside and initially it was a little awkward and it so happened two men had signed up for the session but didn't turn up. So it so happened that we were all women uh, in the group and um, you won't believe it, there was a 21 year old and there was a 63 year old. So it was so varied and, and everything in between, you know. So uh, there were like all kinds of uh, women over there. And we just started introductions. We just said, okay, each one of us are going to, we're going to take about like 15, 20 minutes and we're just going to talk about what's happened in our life. And I think each one took that time, um, introduced themselves, what happened, why they are here, how did the divorce go or how is it going? Um, how did they get out of it? What did they do? What was the coping mechanism? Um, how did their parents react? How did their neighbors react? How did, uh, you know, what, what was their support system and everything? And uh, some of them were mothers, uh, single parents at that point of time. Uh, there was one person who was remarried. So we just had like a variety of stories uh, 
coming in and i think at some point of time everybody cried uh, just listening to the other person the energy in the room was infectious it was beautiful and we didn't cry out of sadness we cried out of the fact that we related so much to it and every time somebody said their story there were two other people who would relate to it you know that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of knowing you are in a room full of people who understand exactly what you are talking about so it's like you know if someone said that i had these unreasonable ice cream cravings at like 3 am every night when this was happening and i would cry in like in in trains i would cry when i'm outside i would cry when i'm at a cafe it was it was just difficult for for me to explain it with the people i was around but we were like no i have been through exactly what you what you're saying i know exactly what you're talking about i think that made so many of us just like start crying at some point of time we were laughing at another point of time we made we made bad jokes about things that have happened and we at some point of time it's like one person learned to laugh at their life experience three others also learned to do so and it just we felt light at the end of it and two two and a half three hours later when we walked out of that place we were hugging each other we were talking we were exchanging numbers and we said we're going to meet up again we're going to go out for drinks we're going to we're going to sit and we're going to have breakfast together again and uh, it was it was that powerful it's it's literally like you know you walk in as strangers and you walk out feeling like you've known each other for years at that point of time and i think people gave each other uh advice saying okay i i did this maybe you could try it and especially to the really young girl who joined us that day who was uh, she had just started her proceedings she was really stressed out and she's 21 21 is not even an age to go through that kind of um, stress then i think everybody helped her out and there was an older person with us you know from a complete that from a generation of like you know uh, parents and you know she spoke about how so many years ago you know she left her husband and now she has like a daughter who's almost like my age and uh, you know the experiences we heard was so varied it was so strong it was so empowering uh, to hear and i think i get goosebumps every time i think of the first session that happened because of course it was also the first time for me so i was very unsure of how it was going to go and um, everything but it went so well and uh, i i i am in touch with most of the people i met that first uh, time and i think um, a, a lot of people said they were a little skeptical when they wanted to come for the group uh, because they didn't know nobody's been to a support group including me mm-hmm. at that point of time so everybody was just taking a gamble on me actually or uh, to be like let's just go and see what she's up to mm-hmm. and uh, the kind of emails they wrote to me after that the the kind of words that they had to say that they didn't even realize it was so important to have and i think i echoed the same um sentiment because even i couldn't believe it i was like okay i knew i kept saying support group support group but i think the magnanimity of it hit me only at that point of time where i was like wow this is something else altogether yeah. so yeah beautiful experience and i think um, that's how it was until the pandemic um once that happened it went online and uh, i think that's still great because uh, that means that we are no longer uh, it's no longer only bombay which means we've had uh, access to a lot more people who wanted this you know from smaller towns smaller cities um abroad so there are people who joined us from um, 
US, uh, Australia, somebody from the Maldives came for one session. So it's like all kinds of, um, you know, the, the canvas just opened up to something so much larger. So I think um, even if it is safe to meet again, I would like to keep it online because I, I don't think it's fair to restrict it to one point, one uh, particular area. Mm. Um, and while I think the energy is beautiful uh, in a room, when you sit with everybody, there is a vibe to it. You just can't shake it off. Um, it's, it kind of becomes half when it's, a, when it's an online this thing, but I think it still works. It's still, it's still something and it definitely has an effect. So I think that's where we are at. It's still online, and um, I think it will be that unless it's a it's it's like a you know very uh, pointed session. <clears throat> Sorry, when someone really wants to meet or something, or maybe you know once in two months or something. I've not really decided that. Mm. Of course, um, Corona gets to decide it. So yeah. as of now, there's no plan. Mm. But uh, online sessions do continue, and I think um, I think plus three four months. Um, I've also gotten experts to come on to the support group because it's not just, it's one thing to, um, you know, hear another person's lived experience. It's one thing to say, let me learn something from you and let me share something I know. I think it's important to have access to people um, who are experts in their field. So I think uh, the first uh, few sessions we have were with therapists. So I called a therapist over because I, I want to make um, therapy because a lot of people that I noticed over the support group um, were very, very, very hesitant about therapy, were very, very reluctant to um, speak to a therapist. And I thought uh, if they came face to face with a therapist and if they broke down therapy to say that it's actually not as intimidating as you're worried about it, maybe you should give it a try. And to hear it from a therapist makes it easier for people. So I think, you know, it's a, obviously these are all free sessions so the first one was with the um, therapist a lot of people have taken up therapy after that they have gone for um, support especially these are for the ones who are going through the divorce i think people who've already uh, finished the divorce are still a little more in a better place when they come to the support group and a lot of them do come there to just share their experience to be like if i can do it you can do it yeah kind of thing uh, but for a lot of people who are going through the divorce they have a lot of uh, stress factors, a lot of triggers, um, a lot of active triggers that too that they have to work through. So the therapy session was super helpful for that. Um, and then there was a session with the lawyer. Uh, so getting a lawyer on board to just tell you that these are your rights. This is what you can do. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're stuck in this particular kind of situation, or if um, you know you want it to you want to go even for a mutual consent divorce, how many of us who've not been through a divorce actually know that this is what happens in a mutual consent divorce? So um, you need to equip yourself with the basic information so that you know what you're in for. You know what it's going to cost you. You know how much time it's going to take out of your life. You you know exactly how do you approach a lawyer. So I thought having a lawyer session is really important and. To be very honest, that was something I did not find very easily accessible. I paid almost 8,000 uh, to a lawyer for one hour to just understand these rights, which I didn't understand why I needed to pay for. Mm -hmm. I felt like this is something that is my right to know. Uh, and, you know, I should be given uh, access to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy to have found a few lawyers who believe in the same thing that I do and who are willing to come and put in that 
few hours of talking to so many people and uh, telling them that this is how you go about it. Mm-hmm. But I think it really helped a lot of people to get that kind of clarity saying, okay, I think I know what I want to file. I think I know how to approach a lawyer. Yeah, but you know, that, that's, that's absolutely right. I actually re- recently interviewed a lawyer for this, for the same series. Her name is Mansi and she runs something called Pink Legal. I don't know if you would. Oh, have... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So her, she's also, you know, on a mission to just spread awareness about basic rights that women have. And you're absolutely right that there is so, there is a lot of, there is a lack of awareness, right? We just, we don't know what our rights are. Something as simple as, you know, uh, the right to living wherever you want to, whoever you want to live with, you know? So I think, I think awareness is a, is a big part of it for sure. But it's also so great that you're, you know, taking that extra step, going that extra mile and getting experts to come and talk to your group. I think that's, that's wonderful. I think it's important because I feel like sometimes what happens is we get so carried away by our own experience that we think we know everything when we don't. Like we can't become therapists or lawyers because we went through a divorce or because we uh, had a certain experience. Yeah, of course your experience counts. Of course it's important to um, tell people about it. But there are people in the field doing the work they do because they come from a certain level of education and certain level of experience dealing with multiple types of cases. So, uh, you know, and I also started feeling that sense of responsibility because so many people were reaching out to me. So many people were uh, asking me these questions and uh, I didn't want to take the space of, uh, you know, of an expert. I didn't want to take away from somebody who can actually do justice and provide the right kind of credible information. I thought that was extremely important mm-hmm. to have. And uh, now we have uh, more uh, pointed sessions. So now there's going to be something with a with a financial planner who's going to help um, women. This is, this is going to be a women uh, session. One, th- this is coming up next month, actually. Um, which is basically I'm getting a a financial planner to come and help women save because Mm. so many women are stuck in marriages because they cannot come out because they have no financial independence. Mm. So um, that is a very, very, very big problem in our country where the the wives are so dependent on their husbands that it's very difficult to get out. It's easy to say, yeah, just move out. It's not at all that easy. So uh, just just to help people manage their money. Can you save up uh, for a divorce? Um, you know, is it something if you are considering, or even if you're not considering, if you don't actively want a divorce right now, but if you you probably think you're headed that way and you need to figure things out, mm. then this is a good session to start off with to say, okay, this is how you can start planning for it mm. financially because it's so important uh, to have that kind of independence. Yeah. And then there is another one with a child psychologist uh, for single parents. Mm-hmm. mothers fathers um to come and uh, because uh, children go through so much trauma there are so many marriages so many people who've come on the support group uh, who talk about how you know the children have been through abuse children have been through so much trauma and uh, children understand so much more than we you know uh, we even for. think yeah, yeah. credit for so um i'm having a child psychologist that will be i think month after that so these these are going to be in rotation so i might be choosing a different therapist different lawyer different uh, planner every time or maybe even the same people but the te- the the expert sessions will definitely continue once a month uh, for sure because again it's very important and yeah, yeah. and these are also free to attend right? everything is free 
okay. everything is free. Okay. okay. So what, what do you think are the most common challenges? I know there's so many challenges and I, and I know that we can't, you know, just talk about it in this broad overarching way, but uh, surely I feel like there are certain things that most people, especially women going through a divorce, go through, you know, like you said, financially, a lot of women are dependent on their husbands, their families, which, which is a reason why a lot of people don't leave. A lot of women don't leave abusive marriages, right? So right. like that, uh, what do you think are the other challenges? Um, I think the number one challenge uh, that I've heard, seen uh, through so many stories, uh, I think right now I would have gone through over 150, 200 stories of just listening to people pour their hearts out. And I would say for sure that it is parents um, who pose the biggest challenge sometimes. It's a luxury. It's a privilege to have parents who support you through a divorce. And it is incredibly sad. It is incredibly sad to see the number of people who come to the support group in tears because they don't know how to convince their parents. And... um, you know, I used to think that this wouldn't happen in like an urban setting. It wouldn't happen in uh, families like, uh, you know, I would think it wouldn't happen in my family, you know, before I'm saying, before I actually came to the reality of it, I would think that, no, it's really not a big deal. But then I realized that, that that's so not the case. I've had uh, some of these instances from my from friends. I've had people who I've known for a long time come there and I'm like, wow, I never even realized that, you know, Uh, people who you think are probably even progressive are actually not when it comes down to their own kids when it comes when it when something comes to your own family how you respond to it is so different and um, I think that is the biggest challenge that so many people face where it's just like either the parents are emotionally manipulating being like I'll not talk to you if you do this Um, you know we won't uh, support you if you if this is the kind of decision that you are taking and in a lot of places a lot of people come and say that my parents, especially women, would say that my parents would rather support my husband than support me. Yeah. Even if he has made a difference because they hold the, the, the guy marrying their daughter in such high regard, in, in, in so much of, um, I don't know, uh, it's just blinded faith in that person that, okay, if we have got our daughter married to this man, that's it. Like he is, he's everything. And that's how it's treated. Like most Indian families, that's how they do treat the son-in-laws. So that can be so hurtful for someone, you know, uh, who are your parents. So I think um, just having that support uh, of your parents makes your life so much easier, makes the process so much uh, better because you feel like you have the support. And I think that, when you're in an unhappy marriage, you're already dealing with so much stress. You're already dealing with so many things you need to figure. And then if you do not have your parents' support, it's adding to your baggage. It's adding to your weight. It's adding to every everyday struggles mm-hmm. when actually having that support can help you. It can, it can take you forward and it can, um, you know, someone to hold your hand when you're going through one of the toughest things that you're going to go through in life. Yeah. I think... Um, the challenges for me, uh, that is the biggest challenge I see. That is the, this thing. So even in the video that we made uh, recently, the biggest appeal was to parents. It was to say that, please bring your daughter back home. Please support your daughter. Please. 
you know um how can uh, how can you let your daughter be in an unhappy relationship in an unhappy home uh just because of what society is going to say or just because what your relatives are going to question you like mm-hmm. how can you put your daughter's happiness behind all of those things mm-hmm. so uh that that was one of the main reasons that we targeted that also uh the, you know a lot of parents or uh, to be like it's really okay yeah so that is a that is the biggest challenge for yeah. sure yeah like you said there are many others yeah. to me this kind of stands out yeah uh, among a lot of other things yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean you know like um my parents were super supportive right in fact they actively pushed me to take a stand and get out of this marriage that they you know clearly saw that i was not happy in and i know for a fact that that alone made the whole thing so easy for me you know it made it so easy for me and of course like it wasn't it wasn't smooth for sure but just knowing that my parents had my back my family had yeah. my back just made everything that much easier and in the same breath you know um i have grown up around and i'm still surrounded by people uh women now some of them are in their 40s inching close to 50s and they just they 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 are not able to leave abusive marriages because yeah. they have this danda over their head from their family from their parents saying ki nahi make it work make it work for the kids you know make it work for this reason aadmi aise hi hote hain this that blah blah and i think about that you know a lot and i think about how i think about what this does to the whole identity of a woman right you don't belong anywhere anywhere yeah no yeah way. that's very isolating because yeah. you feel like you feel like you've just been passed around between your parents house and your husband's house and then like if you're unhappy then where do you go how yeah. you're very very right about it you're, that was like bang on because then what are you you know yeah. where do you belong that and that's 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 not how anybody should make you feel and i think uh, even i was very lucky to have the support of my parents and um, it, it definitely made it so much easier to know that uh, you know they will drive me up and down to court and then like help me through the lawyer sessions and then like like even small things like you know just understand that if i wake up in a terrible mood one day don't don't talk to me <laughs> you know just don't just leave me alone don't don't question don't um be like oh my god what's wrong you know my life is wrong at this point of time so you know even like this from the smallest thing to the biggest thing i think it makes a very big uh, very very big difference yeah. and yeah I, i'm actually also planning a session for parents um great planning to have my parents uh, talk to other parents who uh, will probably and hopefully even if reluctant will join mm-hmm. just to kind of um, understand how do you deal with certain things and if you're on edge then maybe you just need that little bit of a push a little bit of that motivation to actually be like okay yeah i can probably do this too for my daughter so yeah. yeah and 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 this is honestly a lot for women i barely heard any man come up and say that uh, you know uh, no don't get uh, divorced i think it's mostly you know when men come forward and they have shared their experience it so happens that their mums will go against the daughter in law and as much as we try to say that this whole mother in law daughter in law thing is like 
um, only in Hindi serials and this, this, this. I think uh, it's not. I think the drama is real. I think the, um, the, the holding the son as the golden child is true in every family, every family. And um, that unfortunately goes against us. Uh, when especially when it's a woman standing up to say that I want a divorce from you, then you're vilified to another extent. Mm-hmm. And you need to bear the brunt of it. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's really no easy way to go about it. And it, there's never going to be, unfortunately, I don't think we are going to live to see the day where, uh, you know, a woman is not vilified by at least, 10 people. Yeah. <laughs> I won't even say at least one person. <laughs> you know, there's going to be at least 10 people who will turn around and say, you're the bitch. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, uh, we can we can wish for it. We can hope yeah. for it. But uh, I doubt it. Yeah. But uh, here's hoping that at least the, what we are fighting for today, at least somebody reaps the benefit of it. Uh, you know, a few generations down the line. Yeah. Uh, our great, great granddaughters, hopefully. Uh, won't have to face it uh, the same way that we did and you know that'll be great yeah yeah it would be great I think you know uh, one thing that I have learned um, is that you have to pick your battles I uh, very consciously stepped back from a lot of people friends extended family um, just a lot of people where I felt that you know if I if I don't do this, if I don't distance myself from them, then at some point there's going to be some judgment or maybe just their presence will make me feel judged, you know, because there are, it happens, right? With some people, they don't have to say anything to make you feel judged, right? And especially when you're going through a divorce, like now I don't care, you know, now now I've, um, I'm past all of that, but especially when I was going through the divorce, I very consciously step back from people where I feared that, you know, they won't understand or they wouldn't want to understand. I don't think anybody can really understand, but one should be willing to understand. Empathize, basically. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think even I have done that. And I think um, what happened, at least with in my case, is when I had decided to go ahead with the divorce, I took a long time to tell extended families. I didn't see the need to go around telling them every little update in my life. So. Yeah. I, I, I even told a lot of uh, even like closer family only when I was absolutely sure of my decision and when I knew that I had found a lawyer and I was going ahead with it etc and um, I think when I said it I was pretty firm I was quite stern about it because I was very conscious of the fact that I want to draw my boundaries yes. so even when I said it I was very clear about the fact that I'm not I'm not asking you I don't want an opinion. I don't want to hear what you think about it. I'm informing you because you're my family. Yeah. So and the same with friends. That's also. it. You know, I think maybe like there would be one or two really, really close friends whom you trust and can, you know, really count on who know you well, who've seen you go, grow intimately. But other than those one or two people, I think even with friends, it's important to draw that boundary. That, you know, Very important. Yeah very important at, at, at least for me as I felt quite traumatized repeating my story over and over again hmm. um, so there was a point of time when I told you know 10 15 of my closest friends and then I decided that that's it if yeah. anybody else asks me and people do ask people do ask like what happened what happened and I just said that difference of opinion we didn't get along that's about it 
I'm not going to keep repeating my story because A, it wasn't helping me move forward because I would again get stuck in that rut of talking about what went wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, B, I don't think I needed to give away so much of details about my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether, it was the, whether it was family and I think even with a lot of my friends who have continued to be very close to me, mm-hmm. um, I just told them that, hey, listen, I don't think I can relive, relive it again and again. So just understand that this is it and this is all I'm going to share. If that's an issue with you, then... We that's probably not- weren't that close friends to begin with. Yeah. Um, hopefully that's not an issue with you. And let's just uh, move ahead. And I think um, quite a few people were quite understanding about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think I really, f- friends wise, I, I don't think, I really, really, really uh, have a very close set of uh, friends who are like my army. So those people already knew. It's not like I had to sit down on one day and tell them that this is what happened. They probably have been through that life with me. So you kind of already knew. And those are the people I really considered important enough to give every update to. So that was a very close set. Beyond that, and I realized that I I said, one day I just woke up and I said, henceforth, I'm not repeating my story even once, unless it's absolutely necessary and important to that particular conversation that I say, uh, that I repeat the story, I'm not going to say it again. Yeah. And I made, and I told that to my parents also. I said, stop telling people the reason. It's my story. Hmm. Just tell them that something has gone wrong and it's not working out and she's come back home and she's moved back here and that's it. Hmm. So I thought, especially with my mother, I taught her also to draw that boundary with her, like her side of the family and everything because I felt like my mom was getting targeted a lot. Hmm. lot more than me or my dad because we are a lot more firm as people. Yeah. My mom is a little softer. My mom is a little, you know, a little, little more vulnerable in that, in the sense that she never said uh, I shouldn't get a divorce. But if people ask the questions, then she would start answering them. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a learning curve to be like, what do you tell? What do you not tell? Yeah. And I think we got the hang of it. And I think because of that, um, a lot of relatives naturally distanced themselves from me because mm-hmm. they felt like, um, you know, I have too much control of my life and the fact that they didn't have that control over my life, I think was quite uh, disturbing for them. Yeah. So, but that's how I wanted it to be. And I was very particular about the boundaries. So that has kind of uh, helped where I had the second wave of problem is uh, when I started talking about divorce uh, online. And I remember the first ever time that it was covered was in an economic times article. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it was, I think just a month or so after my uh, divorce was final and uh, I was flying. Uh, I was so thrilled about my newfound freedom and I was super happy yeah. and all of that. I was in like a cloud of my own and uh, this, uh, this came up and I decided that, you know what, I'm going to share it. And I shared it on the family group and everything. And there was no response on me. <laughs> like, what is this girl up to kind of thing? And then I realized like a few months later when, more articles had come out and I was like a lot more open about it on like Instagram and I would purposely go and put it on Facebook because I'm like, I want people to read about it. I want you to know that I'm not going to like, just like brush it under the carpet and forget about the fact that this happened. So then I remember that they would get back and say, okay, it's bad enough. You got divorced. Do you have to talk about it? Because um, There was also this other uh, thought that was floated around in my family saying that, okay, you know what, okay, fine, you got a divorce and all that. Like, okay, you're talking about it. Why are you talking about it now? Because what will your future husband's parents tell their family? 
was like, that is a really long chain of imaginary people that I have to worry about. Like, imagine my future husband, who I don't know who it is, his parents. How is he, how are they going to face their family? family. Because I speak about it openly. I was like, wow. Like, you know, I wish I had, I wish you guys would uh, use these brains uh, to like do better things in life and actually worry about it. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we are a long way, long, long way. Long way, there's a lot of work remaining, lots left to do. Yeah, yeah. So, why do you think it's important to normalize divorce? I think uh, I hold happiness very, very high in my life. And I know happiness is a term that's very loosely used today. That's something that's very, um, you know, uh, it's honestly very, very underestimated at this point of time and overused. But um, I think just being at peace, uh, being in healthy relationships around you, uh, no matter what that relationship is, whether it is friendship or family or husband or whatever it is, I think it's very important that you lead a life which is peaceful, which doesn't stress you out. And if you are in a situation where it is stressful, where you are in a toxic uh, place and worse, if you're in an abusive relationship, you need to have the freedom to walk out of it and um, not have people add on, pile on 10 more problems to that very decision. I think this is a very, very, very important and personal decision that we make, just like so many of us make the decision to get married. I think we also should have the freedom to be like, this is making me unhappy, or this is abusive. This is something that is harming me, harming my mental health. I need to get out of it. I think that it's the fact that we are fighting for that very basic choice is heartbreaking. It is so, so, so sad. And I think um, that's why I fight uh, every single day. I feel like um, even after uh, the divorce, I feel like I need to fight for my identity every day to just shed the label, shed the fact that, you know, somebody will call me a divorcee. I hate the tag. I don't want to be called a divorcee. that was a past. I was married and I'm single now. Why do you have to label me a divorcee? I don't want to be labeled by you. So uh, the fact that I need to prove every single day that I am worthy, that I uh, can be respected as any other woman in society, that I am equal to find a man who's not been divorced before, that I am eligible to get married again to a person who might not have been married before, starting from there, to be like, okay, uh, you don't have to treat me a certain way. The fact that we are fighting for very, very basic rights in 2020, I think all of that is the reason why it's so important to normalize this. And uh, unfortunately, like you said, there is a long way to go. And every Indian family has people who refuse to acknowledge that divorce is normal. That divorce is a decision that could make people potentially very, very happy put people at ease, put people in safer places. And I think it's high time we recognized that, acknowledged it, respected it, and helped people through it. I think that's what is most important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think really the worst thing for someone who's gone through a divorce or is going through a divorce, to the worst reaction to get from another person is pity. Yeah. don't want to be pitied. Yeah. don't want 
someone to feel sorry for you yeah usually when you say oh but i had to divorce the first thing is oh i'm so sorry yeah and i would be like why are you sorry this is the best thing that's happened to me congratulations congratulations like congratulate people yeah Yeah. tell them like cheers to your freedom don't say you're sorry so how can people find you or the group if someone wants to join um so a lot of what i talk about a lot of the group a lot of the everything stems from instagram so my handle is at shastri and the link to join that is in my bio so you can just uh, use that and uh, join though i will uh, say this right now we are at 400 plus people who've uh, signed up for the group and every week it is about 15 to 20 of us meeting mm. so there could potentially be a waiting period um there is only that much i can do in a week i'm doing this single handedly uh with two jobs on the side so um so if there is a waiting time like i would really request that people wait however the expert sessions that we spoke about are free for all so there is no limit to the number of people so uh anybody can join those for the smaller groups because we need to do justice to every story that's coming through we can't have more than 15 to 20 people on a call because then it, it, nobody gets a chance and it's not fair so because of that so um, uh, if if there is a waiting time and if you have to wait a couple of weeks then i have no way out of it but that's fabulous it's fabulous that you're bringing together and supporting this community that seems to be growing and thriving and i just i i want to thank you for bringing this into the world you know i really i really do want to thank that's you. so 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 sweet of you thank you so much thank you so much <laughs>